Well, good morning and Merry Christmas. Let's try that one more time. Good morning and Merry Christmas. Okay, I got drinking a little eggnog there, kind of, kind of a little sleepy this morning. Welcome to Bowling Springs Baptist Church. If you're here as a guest today, we extend a very special welcome to you. I've already uh, talked to several who are here uh, visiting family, but some who are here just reminiscing. Uh, maybe they were here, you were here some time ago, but uh, we are uh, delighted that you are here. And there's a section in your bulletin if you'll fill out some information about yourself and place that in the offering plate as it comes by later in the service. And we would love to be back in touch with you. Uh, but we again are glad that you're here today. As we begin our worship this morning, let me say that if you are here and you have have already sneaked a peek at one of your Christmas presents, you are welcome. If you are here today wearing one of those lovely Christmas sweaters, you are welcome. If you are here today and haven't started Christmas shopping yet or have purchased all your gifts at the end of last summer, you are welcome. If you're here today and you've already have a planned time to take down your Christmas tree or to keep it up all year long, you are welcome. If you're here and plan to leave all your outdoor Christmas lights up throughout this next year, you are also welcome this morning. And if you're looking for somewhere that is open on Christmas Eve, you have found it. Tomorrow evening at five o'clock, we will have a very special and a very sacred time here as we uh, partake of uh, the Lord's Supper and also uh, end our evening with candlelight. And last, if you're wondering when the new church minibus will arrive, wait no longer. Uh, your new minibus is here and out front for you to go in and check out. Uh, Merry Christmas, church. We all paid for it, but Merry Christmas. It is out there. So let us now continue to prepare our hearts for worship. On the fourth Sunday of Advent, we light the fourth candle, the candle of love. The message of the birth of Jesus Christ was the message of love to all people. Love came down at Christmas. Can you just imagine how all the people who came to the stable that night saw the love of a mother for her newborn child? 
can you just imagine the shepherds, the magi? It was even more than the love of a mother for her baby that was on display in that Bethlehem stable. It was the love of God for his people. But the people who were there for the birth that night could not imagine the love of this baby who would one day soon die for each one of those people. And for us. No one can know that this, God's gift of love, could come to such a high price. The price and the shame of dying on a cross. The love, the love God showed at the manger is the same love he shows for us today. The sacrifice he made on the cross was a love gift for all generations. Including my generations and all the generations to come. We all know that there is a cost to loving each other. And so it was that Jesus' gift of love was not empty words. God's gift of his son Jesus was a loved gift we could not pay for sins which God could not accept. Advent, a time to consider the waiting, the preparing of hearts, the celebration, and the immeasurable love of a Savior. God's perfect love brought to earth by God's own perfect son. We light the candle of love, showing our love for God. Love came down at Christmas. This morning is hymn number 103, The Christmas Carol, O Come All Ye Faithful. If you are able, please stand and join in singing Christmas Carol number 103.
be seated. Hey, James and Jude, my John Deere buddies. Well, and look at you all dressed up for Christmas. Hey, Will. And Noah, how are you today with your reindeer shirt on? Are you good? Well, I want to ask you a question. How many of you have a present under your tree that looks like this? Brown paper packages? No. Plain old string? No, you don't, do you? What is, tell me what one of your presents looks like, James. Green and white. Green and white. Is it shiny? Mm-hmm. Is it shiny? Does it have a big bow on it? Yeah. Yes. Well, you know what? There... There is something that your parents, a song that your parents probably know, excuse me, <clears throat> that sometimes we might hear. It's called Brown Paper Packages Tied Up with String. These are a few of my favorite things. But you know what? At Christmas, I bet this package will just get left aside. It's not even inviting to open, is it, James? Nope, it's kind of dull. You want the fancy ones, don't you? Yeah. Well, we don't even have fancy for Jesus. Look how plain Jesus is. He was born in a manger. He doesn't have a pretty bed like we have with all fancy kinds of comforters and pillows. His bed is straw. He was laid in a manger. We don't think about that, do we? Because right now, all we think about is fancy papers and big bows. But when we take what's in this brown paper package and put it in our, put it in our heart, then we have the best gift that we could ever get all year long. Yes, we do. I see your eyes getting big. You can't figure that one out, can you? You can, and what gift are we going to put in our heart? Jesus, that's right. We're going to put Jesus in our heart, and then we're going to have the best gift because it doesn't matter what kind of package. Jesus comes to us as Jesus' gift from God, and that's what we're celebrating this season. Not fancy packages and big bows, not brown paper packages tied up with string, just the simpleness of a baby born in a manger laid on the straw. So remember the best gift that you'll ever get comes on Christmas morning when Jesus comes into your heart. Let us pray. Jesus, as we approach the time and the season when we prepare for you, we know in our heart what the gift is. Love, hope, joy, peace, unending, unstoppable, because we love you. Lord, we thank you for these children, for their families, for their homes, for this church. Continue to open their hearts for the brown paper package tied up with string and take you in and let you fill them full of love, 
hope, joy, and peace. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Thank you, Ellen. We do not have a missions moment this morning, but I do want to give you an update. As of last Sunday, we've taken in $7,406 towards our annual missions offering. And our goal is 10,000 and you can continue to give. There should be envelopes in your pew and we'll be continuing to collect that for the next several weeks. Also, before I pray, I wanna mention that uh, because of the snow Sunday that we had, uh, some things were rescheduled and one of those things was a meeting about Guatemala. But maybe you are interested about Guatemala in 2019 and you were not able to come to that meeting. So immediately following the service this morning, I'm gonna be hanging out on the Oregon side over here down front. I have a sheet of information about that trip in August, August the 3rd through the 10th of 2019. If you are interested in that trip, um, it's no, you're not coming down telling me you're going, you're just saying, hey, I'm interested. I wanna talk to you about it. I wanna give you some more information. And I would welcome that time to talk with you uh, following our service. If any of our Guatemala team members from last year went and wanna meet me over there as well, uh, we can share with some others. We do have two new ones that have already signed up to go this next year. And I know there are others uh, out there in our congregation who are interested. And so uh, I ask you to be in prayer and, and to come and talk with me after the service if you are interested in that. Last week, uh, we shared that um, grief, and uh, many of you know this far greater than I do, uh, loss has, has happened uh, multiple times in our church family throughout 2018. Uh, 15 people have went home to be with the Lord, and we also recognize that uh, during this season um, that uh, it may be difficult for many as we think about those family members who aren't with us this year. So I pray this morning and throughout this season as I have been, and I encourage you to do that as well for our church family and for these families within our church uh, who are experiencing the fresh pain of what that, um, what that feels like. But we want you to know that you are loved, that you were thought of, and that you were prayed for uh, here at Bowling Springs Baptist Church. Uh, some of you today though, also bring in other emotions and other feelings into this Christmas season. Maybe your loss wasn't just this year, but maybe it was some years ago but yet that loss is still very real to you. And so we also want to say that we remember you this day as well. Let's go to the Lord now in a word of prayer. God of hope, peace, joy, love, as we are reminded as we look upon the Advent wreath, Lord, we thank you for the great gift of your son, Jesus Christ, who fills us with all that we need. Today we come to worship grateful for the greatest gift of all, the gift of Jesus, this gift of your son given to us, the gift that your son has given us in salvation. We're thankful for all the other gifts that come with the gift of Jesus, your gift that, that guides and comforts through the Holy Spirit, your presence that strengthens and sustains. We pray that the promise of your birth may be the promise that we live in and share as we go about our daily lives this Christmas season. May we be moved to compassion and action in your name. Lord, comfort all those who grieve the loss of a loved one this season. As we make those final preparations for Christmas Day, may we truly reflect upon the light of Christ which has entered the world. As we continue to worship this morning, speak to us that we may hear the good news of your salvation and stir us to walk in a closer relationship with you. God, we pray for our missionaries who are on the field and away from family this Christmas. Bless them, encourage them, and provide for their needs. God, take these financial gifts given towards missions and use them around the world to advance your kingdom. 
Speak to us in new ways, in ways that we need to be spoken to today, through song, through scripture, through the sermon, and through one another in the pew. Lord, we love you, and we commit this service to you. We ask this prayer in Jesus' name, amen. Our next carol is number 124, the first Noel, 124. If you are able, please stand and join in singing.
pray with me, please? Father, we are honored to be in your house this morning to worship an almighty God. We ask your blessings on the gifts of these tithes and offerings, that they, that they will be used to further your kingdom. We also want to take this time to thank you for your awesome and holy gift of love to us, the King of Kings, the Lord of Lords, the Prince of Peace, Emmanuel, your Son and our Savior, Jesus Christ, in whose name we pray. Amen.
Amen. What a blessing. We were not able to enjoy that on our snow Sunday a couple Sundays ago, but what a blessing it's been to our service this morning. So thank you, Candy, and all of our bell ringers today. If you have your Bibles with you this morning, or you can turn to the one there in the, use the one there in the pew, but we're going to read Matthew's account of the Christmas story, or at least a section of Matthew's account. In Matthew chapter 1, these words will also be on the screen. Matthew chapter 1, verses 18 through 25. Matthew 1, 18 through 25. Now the birth of Jesus, the Messiah, took place in this way. When his mother Mary had been engaged to Joseph, but before they lived together, she was found to be with child from the Holy Spirit. Her husband Joseph, being a righteous man and unwilling to expose her to public disgrace, planned to dismiss her quietly. But just when he had resolved to do this, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream and said, Joseph, son of David, do not be afraid to take Mary as your wife. For the child conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit. She will bear a son, and you are to name him Jesus, for he will save his people from their sins. And all this took place to fulfill what had been spoken by the Lord through the prophet. Look, the virgin shall conceive and bear a son, and they shall name him Emmanuel, which means God is with us. When Joseph awoke from sleep, he did as the angel of the Lord commanded him. He took her as his wife, but had no marital relations with her until she had borne a son, and he named him Jesus. May God add his blessing to the reading and preaching of his word this morning.
thank you choir, Candy, and the accompanist. This last Wednesday at 11 a.m., we've been, first of all, let me just back up and say for several months now, we're getting close to a year, we've been enjoying 11 o'clock Bible study on Wednesday mornings. That will not take place this week, but uh, if you are available on Wednesdays, we encourage you to come out and be a part of those times in the Kerygma room down the office hallway there. We have just a good time of fellowship and Bible study on each Wednesday at 11 a.m. This last Wednesday, I asked the crowd that was gathered there this question. I said, when, uh, or to to answer this statement, to finish this statement, when I think of Christmas, I think of, and they answered with um, uh, music, they answered with um, giving, they answered with others, they talked about food pantry, they talked about uh, ways that communities, our church gives back to others, shop for a cop, maybe Bowling Springs police, different things came up. Uh, We could also talk about trees, parties. Uh, Some additional answers could have been along the lines of traffic and holidays and long lines. Uh, But what came up very quickly was uh, somebody said, I I can't remember exactly who it was, said humble nativity scenes, baby Jesus in a manger. And after a while we concluded and talked about uh, the fact that um, Jesus did not come to this world to be coddled and cute. He came to save us from our sins. It didn't take long for us to draw that conclusion, but we talked about a lot of things we think of when we think of Christmas, but the main thing is always the main thing. It's, it's, it's beautiful, it's, it's nice. We've had wonderful music and poinsettias and decorations and candles and bells and everything's great, but we must not and we cannot move forward with Christmas without reminding ourselves that Jesus came, the main reason Jesus came was to save us from our sins. Christmas is about the salvific and redemptive Christ who came into the world to save us. Today's text that we read in Matthew chapter one, verse 21, Matthew wrote, she will bear a son and you are to name him Jesus for he will save his people from their sins. The name Jesus is based on the Hebrew Yeshua or Joshua that we may refer to it as, meaning to deliver and to rescue. The greatest gift ever given was the gift of God's son, Jesus Christ. When we think of gifts, have you ever been given one of those Christmas presents that is wrapped in another Christmas present? That's wrapped in another Christmas present? That's wrapped in another Christmas present? I see some heads nodding out there. And what oftentimes will happen is there may be some other gifts in those bigger boxes, but the most important gift is that small gift after you've wasted a lot of paper and a lot of wrapping and a lot of time putting all that together, the, the best gift of all is found in that little package. Maybe it's a, a gift certificate or maybe it's a, a trip to somewhere, you know, that you've been wanting to go to that parents have given you or in your family or well, I don't know. But um, when we think about Christmas and we think about Jesus being the main gift, we get the big gift of Jesus immediately. We don't have to, to go through different trappings of, of uh, when it comes to Christ and salvation, we get the big gift of Jesus immediately. There's no waiting. Uh, we have Christ when we choose to trust him and follow him, but wrapped in this big gift of Christ and his salvation are numerous other gifts as well. The word gift in the New Testament is used over 60 times to describe what God has given us in Jesus Christ. A gift that we cannot buy, a gift that we cannot earn, and a gift that we cannot create. It is simply given to us. Ephesians 2.8, Paul wrote, for by grace you have been saved through faith. It is not your own doing, it is the gift 
of God. I love Paul's words in another, uh, in a letter of his to the church in Corinth, 2 Corinthians 9, 15, he writes, thanks be to God for his indescribable gift. The apostle Paul knew a lot of words, but I've, I've joked with some before, I think he ran out of words here. He, could, he was trying to think how big and grand and glorious, how can I describe God's gift in Jesus Christ? And so he used the word indescribable. Thanks be to God for his indescribable gift. But like I said, with Christ comes other gifts. And let me share with what I mean or share a personal illustration. Looking back on my childhood, I remember one of my favorite Christmases was the Christmas I had already learned to ride my bike, but I needed a new bike. You know, Aiden's went up quickly through as he grew like I did, went up quickly through bikes. And so we are, we, we are due him a new bike, right Aiden? We'll get you that soon sometime. Um, so we're due him a new bike that is more appropriate to his size now as he keeps growing an inch every week. And so, um, but one of my favorite Christmases as a child was the new red bike. And it wasn't just the gift of that new red bike, but with that gift of the new red bike meant freedom and it meant independence. What it meant was I could ride it down the street in my neighborhood or more, more so down to the other end of the, our development I grew up in to the lake to go fishing. What it meant was I could ride through the, 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 the rain and the mud puddles all around the development that I grew up in and just get nasty and come home and change. And I, I love that. It was just, maybe it was just, it was a part of me growing up as a little boy. I just loved getting dirty. And so I'd, I'd ride my bike and just get filthy and come home in the basement and change clothes and all that. So it meant freedom, but it also meant independence because when we went to Ocean Lakes Family Campground each summer, it meant now that I can go to the pool on my own. It meant that I could go to the beach on my own. And it meant that I could go and waste all that money, all those quarters that I had saved in the arcade. Uh, there's something about Pac-Man and Galaga that just the new games can't compete with, Aiden, I'm sorry. Uh, and so I would waste all my money on that. But it wasn't just the gift of the bike. It was what came with the bike. Are you with me? So what other gifts does the big gift of Jesus and his salvation bring? The first uh, big gift, again, is Jesus. It's a gift that must be received. It's a gift that, again, can't be earned, created, uh, worked for, but it's a gift that is freely given to us. The other gifts I'm sharing cannot come, the other gifts I'm going to share this morning, cannot come if this first gift is not accepted. Jesus doesn't force himself on anyone. In Romans 6, 23, it says, the wages of sin is death, but the free gift of God is eternal life in Jesus Christ, our Lord. This large nestling egg here is representative of the large gift that we have in Jesus. Inside this big gift of Jesus, we have another gift, and that's the Holy Spirit. As I shared before the pastoral prayer this morning, we have a spirit that guides us and comforts us in the midst of our grief. That Holy Spirit guides the young who are here today, the children, the youth, the young adults, the young career-minded who are pursuing God's path for their life, maybe with a spouse or with a job or with a career. But not only do we get the gift of Jesus and his salvation, but we get the gift also of the Holy Spirit. In Romans 5.5, 5, in the Good News Bible, Paul writes, this hope does not disappoint us, for God has poured out his love into our hearts by means of the Holy Spirit, who is God's gift to us. 
In Acts 2.38, Luke writes, Peter said to them, repent and each of you be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ for the forgiveness of your sins and you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. There are experiences, occurrences, and things that have happened throughout my life that can only be explained through the power of the Holy Spirit. Um, I love it when uh, there are things that cannot be explained in any other way because I love to be able to share to my family hey, look what God did. I don't know how else you can explain this. And we see that happen here at the church and with our staff and in, in the church and our worships and in the, in the community in different ways. Um, there is something about that companion, that um, uh, the spirit that walks with us as God's people. But the next thing that I want to share with us this morning that I think another gift of Jesus in the midst of the big gift here, we have the Holy Spirit, but the other gift that Jesus gives us is a new identity, is a new identity. You know, we grow up and uh, as, as children, as youth, we uh, are influenced by our parents. We're influenced, they're constantly saying things to us to help form our identity. We're influenced at some point by a special someone, boyfriend, girlfriend, maybe a spouse eventually. And then we're influenced by coaches. We're influenced by teachers and professors professors, we're influenced by maybe movie stars or athletes, people that we admire, and they're all trying to help shape our identity. They're all trying to help shape our identity. Many spend their entire lives always trying to please others to find their identity in what others think of them. One of the newest and now largest problems today, and I hope none of you have experienced this, but most likely in a crowd this size, some have, is identity theft. That's when someone, again, steals your identity. But my argument this morning is that we have been dealing with that uh, struggle for some time, have we not? People trying to steal our, our identity. Um, we have allowed others we're trying to please or to impress to steal our identity. When you're living where and how God designed you to live, there's no other place, there's no, other, there's no greater place to live. We get a sense of identity when we accept the big gift of Jesus. We allow his Holy Spirit to work within, within us. There is nothing greater than the identity that Christ gives us. It doesn't matter what others say. It does, doesn't matter if we're top of the class, if we're the best athlete in, on the team. It doesn't matter. What matters is that we have an identity in Jesus Christ. We are a child of God. We are loved. We have a purpose and we now have meaning because of that relationship. Many place their identity in three things, work, relationships, and things. And church, I want to tell you this morning, we should never base our identity on something that we could lose. When we have put our faith and trust in Jesus Christ and the Holy Spirit is living inside of us, we now have a sense of identity that no other person and no other thing can give to us. One of the ways that we can best identify this as Christians is through the uh, ordinance of baptism. We come, uh, it's, a, it's a symbolic coming of Christ to where we come and say, I am, this is my old self. My old self is being buried with Christ and I'm now being risen, I'm now risen to walk in newness of life. We put the old self behind us and we put on the new self. Paul says in 2 Corinthians 5, 17, when someone accepts Christ, he becomes a brand new person inside. He is not the same anymore, a new life has begun. So we have the gift of Jesus, the gift of the Holy Spirit, the gift of a new identity. And we also, as Christians, and many of you know this gift f 
far well in the recent months, we also have the gift of community or of a new community. How many times have you heard people say, if you've been around church for a while, I don't know how I could pull through this or I don't know how they can pull through this without their church family. That sense of community that comes with Christ is invaluable. And many of you know that. Many of you, as I look out in the congregation, whether you've experienced loss, whether you've experienced other helps recently, um, whether it's through a Sunday school class or a group of friends, whether it's through different avenues of the church community here, you know what it's like. You've received the big gift of Jesus and you've received the Holy Spirit and, and hopefully the Holy Spirit and your identity is sealed in Christ, but the community, the gift of God's church and community that Christ provides for us is invaluable and immeasurable. In Ephesians 1, 4, and 5, Paul says, because of his love, God's unchanging plan has always been to adopt us into his own family by bringing us to himself through Jesus Christ. And as we allow, as we open up with one another and share things with one another, we have our family, our biological family. But the importance of having our church family is immeasurable. It's invaluable as we go through hardships. 1 Corinthians 12, 7, Paul also said, a different spiritual gift is given to each of us in God's family so we can help each other for the common good. We've talked about spiritual gifts often throughout the church here. And I'm not harking on that this morning, but what I am saying is that as we come together as a community, as God's church, as his people, we are all gifted in different ways. And we can use those gifts not only to upbuild God's kingdom here at Boiling Springs Baptist, but throughout this community and throughout the world. So we're given the gift of Christ, the big gift. We got the Holy Spirit. We've got a new identity. We've got community. And the last one, we could think of others that you could add to this list, and I would be glad to hear what those are after the service today. But the last gift that I want to mention this morning is we're promised the gift of a new future. And that future can come here and now. It can come today. For many of you, if you've never put your faith and trust in Christ, you can do that today and life can change radically for you this Christmas. But we're also given the promise of eternity with him. We're also given the promise of eternity with him. In 1 Peter 1, 4, God has reserved his children the priceless gift of eternal life. It is kept in heaven for you, pure and undefiled, beyond the reach of change and decay. Romans 6, 23, that I read earlier, says the free gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ, our Lord. A familiar passage often read at funerals is John 14, one through six. As we begin to close, hear these words. Do not let your hearts be troubled. You believe in God, believe also in me. My father's house has many rooms and if that were not so, I would have told you. I would have told you that I'm going to prepare a place for you. And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come back and take you to be with me that you may be where I am. You know the way to the place where I'm going, Jesus said, to, um, Jesus said to Thomas. And Thomas said to him, Lord, we do not know where you are going, so how can we know the way? Jesus answered, I am the way, the truth and the life, and no man comes to the Father except through me. So as we begin to conclude this morning, things go back to where they started. And the big picture this Christmas, in the midst of all the decorations, the carols and the bells and how beautiful it all is, the answer 
You remember the question that I asked at the beginning of the sermon? When I think of Christmas, I think of, what do you think of? I hope that for you and for Bowling Springs Baptist Church, for me, everything goes back to Jesus. He is the main gift. And in the midst of this main gift of Jesus, there are other gifts to be received. And so I ask you, church, many of you, some of you here today, maybe you haven't been here in some time or maybe you're a guest this morning and no one's, you haven't yet been challenged this Christmas and been asked, have you received this free gift of Jesus? It cannot be earned, it cannot be created, but it is freely given. Let's pray together. Father, we thank you for the gift of Jesus. We thank you that with this gift of Jesus comes other gifts as well. We thank you for the Holy Spirit. We're thankful for our church community and for the identity that you give us. And we're thankful for the future and the hope that we have in you because of your son who was sent, born in a manger. But Lord, you didn't stay this cute, cuddly baby and that was not your desire. Your desire was to live a perfect life and to send your son as a sacrifice for our sins so that we could be made whole, so that we can be redeemed, so that salvation could be obtained. Your great love has been seen and manifested as we've, read, as we've read scripture, as we've heard carols, as we've listened to the words sung, it all points back to you. You are the reason that we're here, Jesus. You are the reason that we decorate. You're the reason that we have hope in our lives and meaning and purpose. And you're the reason that we have hope for eternity. Speak to all hearts here today, Lord. Draw us closer to you. It's in Jesus' name we pray, amen. If you're here today and you would like to receive the greatest gift of all this Christmas, I invite you to come and I'd love more than anything to talk with you about that this morning. If you're here today and desire church membership, I invite you to come and we can talk about that as well. Let's stand and sing together the great hymn, the girl Go Tell It on the Mountain, hymn number 143. Let's stand and sing together.